You're watching Tech Talk in affiliation with Tech for Techs. We're a community that supports independent trade with the help of vendors and distributors. We're live every Thursday at 8 p.m. London time and we'll be streaming to Facebook and YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, TuneIn and many more. And now, the moment you've been waiting for, and your host, Philip Griffiths. Welcome to Tech for Tech Tech Talk. This is a live show where we discuss different ways to help your IT business grow. And if you did not know from the intro, I'm Phil Griffiths, and I'm your host for today. And today's episode is Employee Ownership and the Future of Target Components. Today, we're joined by Paul Cubbage from Target. And he's going to be, well, telling us about what's going off with Target, believe it or not. So, first of all, if you are from the Tech for Tech Facebook group, if you can just click the link, I'm just going to post in chat for you. This will allow your name to be shown. So, I'm just going to put it on chat there for you. So this will allow your name to be shown, and you won't be known as Facebook user. Um, otherwise, you're just going to have to pop up as Facebook user. So afternoon to the Facebook users who have had, who have said hi up to now, and hi Richard Creedy, how you doing? Right, okay. So we're going to have a Q and A um, in a few minutes uh, with Paul, but first of all, he's going to tell us obviously what's going on and so forth. So if you do have any questions for Paul. Feel free to put them in the comments section and we'll go through as many as possible. Okay, so first of all, Paul, if you want to just introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are and tell everyone what's going off. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Phil. Afternoon, all. Um, I'm Paul Cubbage. I'm Managing Director of Target. And I think the reason you've invited me here today, Phil, is to talk about what we're doing with the business, which is two things, really. The main one and the exciting one is we are becoming an employee-owned company, which I have no doubt we'll get into explaining down the line. I'm not going into too much detail now, um, but it effectively means the majority of the company will be owned for the benefit of the employees. Um, and I suppose the other thing that you'll have seen in the uh, press releases that went out, uh, I will be stepping back from my role to a non-exec role and we are in the early stages of the process of recruiting a new managing director. So a little bit of change, but as I'm sure we'll get on to, this is kind of anti-change because I've no doubt we'll get questions about the reason why we're doing it. Um, and really it's to preserve the business, the integrity of the business, the culture, the identity, everything that makes Target Target, and to uh, protect our staff in the long term. So... That's that's it in a nutshell, but I'm sure we'll get into detail as we get into the into the questions. No problem. Thanks for the intro there, Paul. Right, so uh, I'll just say hi to Nicola. Hi, Jenny, uh, who is also the uh, owner of Tech for Tech, and Ian as well. Uh, right, let's go on to one or two of the questions what I've already got for you. But if anyone does have any questions, feel free to put them in chat. Even if you want to know what Paul had for his breakfast, I'm pretty sure he will tell you um, exactly what he's had for his breakfast. Right, okay, so the first question I've got for you is why are you stepping down? Uh, is it you just wanting to put your feet up, um, have a little bit of rest, or are you being forced out? <laughs> um, I've had a word with myself. Um, 
there's there's an element of yeah, putting my feet up, having a having a bit of a rest. Um, there's also an element of we're at a we're a very exciting time in the in the company's history. We're bigger than we've ever been before. Um, more profitable than we've ever been before. We've had big changes in terms of the infrastructure, the management team, product range, systems for just about everything. And myself and Ian have been doing this for, for donkey's years. So you get to a point where um, in business, the key thing, particularly when you've been in a role for a long time, is that the key thing is you've got to try and keep reinventing yourself and keep trying to see things with a, uh, a fresh perspective and a fresh pair of eyes. And of course, the longer you do that, the less effective you're going to be at doing that. So really, it's from my point of view, yeah, I'm ready for it. We, we kind of get that natural feeling when when you get into that stage. But I think from the business's point of view, it's one of the, we'll get onto the EOT, but the EOT is obviously a much uh, better alternative to a business sale. And if you compare the two, in every respect, employee ownership is better. It's better for the, for the business, for the identity, for the staff, for the customers. The one thing it doesn't give you, which we felt ready for, was fresh leadership. So really, the business is at a stage where it can really benefit by somebody new coming in, filling the top role. And obviously, I'm at a stage where I can really benefit by, by not doing that role. Right, okay. Right, next question what's just come in from a, someone called Martin Kirby who's asking about pay rises. Is that something you want to talk about? Uh, I've never heard of Martin Kirby, and if he claims to be from Target, it's a complete lie. Yeah, I'm going to say he's not a very good member of staff if he is, let's put it that way. Right, okay, so uh, hi, Paul. Yes, uh, feel free to listen in the background. We've got someone called Sonia listening in as well. Uh, apparently, she's going to give us a song at the end of the show to um, help everyone suddenly switch off, uh, apparently. It would certainly do that, Phil. Yes. <laughs> right, let's go on to the next question. Um, so, right, let's have a look. So what will happen when the new MD takes over? Will he be basically doing the same job as you? Uh, will, be as, be, will he be as interactive with resellers as we find most managing directors don't like to get involved directly with customers? Well, we'll be recruiting the guy. He's also going to be uh, reporting to us because myself and Ian will remain on the board. Um, and obviously we're going to recruit somebody that we think has the skills, experience, um, the right person to take the business forward. I suppose the one thing I didn't mention in the previous question is part of the scaling up with the business is that as you get that accelerated growth, it opens up all sorts of new opportunities. And this is one of the things where you start thinking, do we have the energy to really sink our teeth into these opportunities as, as they're coming up? And in reality, we're a bit long in the teeth for that. So we're bringing somebody in uh, to really make the most of, of what the business can be. But of course, we're recruiting them. So they have to be uh, a good fit for the culture of Target, which means... Um, I would imagine that whoever comes in is going to take a very similar uh, approach to my approach. You know, they're going to be very visible at um, in front of customers and so on, because that's kind of us. Um, in terms of are they doing my role, 
Uh, increasingly, I'd say certainly over the last couple of years, the day-to-day business at Target is increasingly uh, run by the senior management team. So my role is scaling down already in a sense. And the intention is to sort of keep that momentum going, to leave a bit more space for the for our senior management team to uh, to step into so that whoever does fill the role isn't coming in for a defined sort of um, fulfilling a, a number of tasks and attending a set number of meetings, that they're coming in with a completely blank canvas to spend their time where it's most effective. But, yeah, in terms of the culture, we're not going to employ somebody who, who doesn't fit the culture and the values of Target. So in that sense, we expect changes in terms of developments, in terms of new opportunities, but the things that we already do will carry on pretty much in the same way they are. And I would expect my replacement to have a very similar attitude towards customers and relationships and so on. Otherwise, we're not likely to employ them. Okay. Sounds pretty good. Right, the next one is, oh, right, okay. So if the staff now own the company as such, does that also mean they get a share of the profits? Uh, They already get a share of the profits, but it's probably worth explaining at this stage what the uh, employee ownership means. The majority of the business will be owned by what's called an employment ownership trust. That trust will be run by trustees that are independent of the company board and the trust runs for the benefit, the beneficiaries of the trust are the employees. Now, that means a couple of things. There's a couple of big advantages. The biggest advantage for the staff is that we don't go and sell it to somebody who's going to close the office down and move every, you know, move all the functions somewhere else. Um, we're not going to be tempted by somebody dangling a huge amount of money in front of us anytime soon. It protects the staff against that, and that's kind of the biggest thing. But in terms of the values for the staff, that beneficial ownership, it means two things. The staff already get a profit share, and that profit share in future for an employee-owned company under employment ownership trusts, one of the tax advantages is the employees don't pay income tax on bonuses up to a certain value. So the annual profit share that they get anywhere will be income tax-free from now on, up to a certain level, which is more than the, the profit share has been thus far. Um, the other big benefit is the company can never be sold unless the trustees agree to sell it. And the trustees will only agree to sell it if it's in the best interest of the employees. And if they determine that, why would it be in the best interest of the employees? Because ultimately the employees get the proceeds of the sale. So the only way it could ever be sold would have to be a significant amount of money for for the staff. So they don't have direct share ownership, the trust does, but it owns the shares for the benefit of the employees. Right, okay. I think think I've answered the question there, Phil. Yeah, I think that answers the next question as well. I'm trying to remember the original question because I started waffling a bit there. Um, yeah, it was. Let's have a look. Uh, so if the staff now own the company, does that mean they get a get share a of the profits? Yeah, effectively, yes, they already do. But that that profit and that profit growth obviously goes into the value of the business, which if it was ever sold, they're going to realise it at that stage. Right, okay. 
Um, next one, I'll throw this in anyway, uh, and I'll stick a, a random member of staff's name in. Uh, so what happens if a member of sta staff, let's say Sean, um, leaves the company, whether it be he's sacked for whatever reason or he leaves on his own behalf, does he retain his shares or his influence because the, the company is owned by him um, or does he get a, like a, a payoff or whatever? Uh, no, is a quick answer. The, <laughs> the company isn't owned by individuals. It's owned by the trust for the benefit of the staff. So mm -hmm. ultimately, this what happens should there ever be that distribution in the future, i.e. it was sold and there's that big chunk of money that's going to be shared out between the staff, who gets the benefit of that? And some of this we're still in the process of doing. So the actual rules around it, um, we haven't finalised yet, but there are, uh, I mean, it's covered by statute. It's got to be on a on a same basis measure. That doesn't mean everybody has to get the same, but everybody has to be treated equally. So you can't discriminate on job role or, or things like that. Um, so what will happen with leavers? There's a difference between sort of good leavers and bad leavers. So a bad leaver would be somebody that had been dismissed and a bad leaver would not be entitled to, to any kind of share if, if they were dismissed before the sale. Um, a good lever, so pretty much all other situations, will still be entitled to a share subject to a period of time. Now, the minimum statutory period of time is 12 months. We will probably say this is a bit premature because we haven't yet gone through all the details of how that, that in fact, we don't even need to unless a sale happened, but we want to set out the principles in advance. But we will probably uh, base it on an extended period, by a, a period longer than a year, and based on uh, length of service. So, for example, your entitlement will be based on length of service, but then it might decline. If we, if we extended that one year to five years, for example, you could sort of knock a fifth of the entitlement off for each of the five years. So, for example, the reason we're thinking this is if we don't anticipate the business selling any time in the near future, so we, we could be 10 years down the line. So people who retire in sort of five, six, seven years would still get some benefit, even if the sale came a few years later. So that's kind of it. But the actual details, so say we, we don't actually need to decide any of this until and unless there was a sale. There's no requirement to do it. But I think for everybody's understanding and for clarity and for honesty about it, we want to set out the principles of how that would happen if it if if there ever was a company sale. Yeah, that's a good answer there. Um, next is from the boss or. My boss, at least, anyway, uh, the missus. She says, uh, even though you are stepping back, can we still expect to see you around at things like your open day and other events? Uh, well, it's a good question. In terms of the uh, what my role will be in the future, both myself and Ian will be, Ian's effectively non-exec director anyway, but we will both be non-exec directors. We'll both be minority shareholders. Um, I suppose the extent to which you see me popping up at events kind of depends whereabouts I am at that particular point in time because within sort of 12 months or so, my day-to-day uh, -day involvement or my involvement in terms of my workload at Target will be 
uh, a monthly management meeting, uh, a monthly board meeting, which of course you can do by video conferencing these days. So I don't even need to be in this this country necessarily. We do like uh, sort of traveling around France. So I think we're going to spend a bit of time doing that at times. So it will depend what's happening when and where we are. I'd like to think so, yes. I'd also like to think when we're trying to break up some long car journey somewhere that we'll be popping into people's shops for a brew on the way down or up or whatever. Um, so, yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> right, okay, let's have a look. Next question I've got. Um, from what I've seen and heard, employee ownership um, has a benefit of employees working harder due, uh, due to them having a stake in the business. Do you see any other benefits this could give Target? Uh, benefits to us, well, we already have the profit share, which I think is a good way of getting people engaged in the business and interested in the performance of the business. We've had that going for donkey's years. I think that was probably, must be at least 15, 16 years we've had that in place. Um, but I think this takes that to a different level because ultimately the ownership of the business and the beneficial ownership of the business is in the staff's hands. And yes, there's, there's been all sorts of studies about uh, engagement, productivity, uh, morale, staff turnover, all this sort of thing is, is far, far better in employee-owned companies, which is why the whole sort of system of employment ownership trusts uh, span out of a productivity review by the government. And one of the uh, sort of key recommendations of that was setting uh, was to increase employee ownership in the UK. Excuse me. Um, and that's sort of how the Employment Ownership Trust came about, because you get greater productivity, greater engagement, greater staff satisfaction, greater involvement in the business, all these things, which we see as a benefit. And they're all sort of in line with with the way we try to run things anyway at Target. Okay, well, that sounds pretty good. Uh, just say thank you to Eurosofter in the chat who said they shared the link. Um, if anyone else in the chat, because I can see there's quite a few of you watching at the moment, um, if you've got any questions for Paul, feel free to ask away. I've still got a few more what have been sent to me before the show. But if you do have any questions you want to ask about uh, what's going off, feel free to ask. So let's go on to the next question I've got then. So, right, uh, let's say worst case scenario, something bad happens and Target make a loss or even go bust. Um, hopefully not, but uh, uh, are the new owners financially responsible for this? No, no, the trust, the trust, well, the ownership will be, myself and Ian will have minority stakes and the trust will have 80% uh, of the company. So it's a limited liability company. The, the shareholders just own, own the shares and are, are liable to the extent of the shares. So should something disastrous happen like, nuclear war or something whatever whatever could cause the, the business to fail um no nobody's no staff will ever have to dip their hands in the pockets to to pay for shares or to pay for any liabilities or anything like that okay um hi bruno uh, thanks for watching um let's go on to the next question then we've got for you here right this one is Okay, what's your biggest achievement, you think, at Target while you've been the MD? Um, I think there's lots of things that we, we kind of take for granted, really, that we've done. I mean, we've, 
we've been followed in so many things that we've done by other people over the years, going right back to in the early noughties when we were doing things like the uh, reseller product brochure and other people tried to sort of emulate it, TC Freenet, things like that. That was the first. So things we've got now, the flexible product fees, nobody's got anything like it. Um, In-store PC builder, uh, there is nothing like it. I think I had a comment recently that there's loads of configurators about which kind of completely misunderstands what the install PC builder is. There is still nothing like the install PC builder. Um, so, yeah, and a lot of these things have been kind of emulated over the years. Obviously, a few people have tried to, um, a few other disties have tried to do things similar to the open day, and it's just not worked for them. Um, so this, I think there's loads and loads of things, but I think... Um, if we look back, I think it's the fact that we punched above our weight in so many different ways that had far larger competitors to us scrambling around trying to trying to do their version of something that we'd done well. And that's happened time and time again over the years. Um, so no, I think we've I think the general thing is we've built a business here that's that's successful, that's growing that's had great growth over the last two or three years and really is on the, uh, at the cusp of doing so, so much more. That's, that's part of uh, sort of the motivation for some of the changes we're making. We feel there's so much more potential here. But we've done all that and kept, you know, the principles of the business, the ethos of the business, the uh, our belief on how you should approach things, how you should collaborate with people, how you should treat customers, staff, partners generally. And I suppose the other thing that, that we'd look back and say, yeah, we, we're really proud of that. And this, I wouldn't name any or go through examples or anything like that, but the number of people we've helped over the years that, you know, we have, we get comments at open days and people saying, I wouldn't be in business. I wouldn't still be in business, but for you guys, you know, so yeah, there's lots really, Phil. There's, there's lots of things that we we're pleased with we uh we've we think we're different than than other people we think we've had a different approach and we think we've probably shaped one or two people to try to be more like us in in approach and attitude and behavior and openness and all this sort of thing so yeah i think we've probably made a bit of a difference and that's that's something to be proud of yeah, I'm going to say you've definitely done a lot of things what other distributors haven't, and I must admit I've used them all the way from, what was it, TC Freenet to, uh, up to the in-store builder, and I must admit half of our business is built around that, so it is a very handy tool. Um, right, so we've got, uh, uh, let's have a look, Bruno, should we expect any changes, either in terms of prices and et cetera? No, no, this is, this is kind of, in a sense, it's a significant change that's, that's an anti-change. This is a um, something that preserves the business. So when I talked about getting new leadership in who could take advantage of the the opportunities that facing us, these are all over and above things. These are not instead of or replacements for or anything like that. These are opportunities, kind of new markets and brand development and all this sort of thing. Um, so now, in terms of the the day to day business, it, it will continue with the same ethos, the same identity, the same principles. Will be 
trying to get the most competitive prices we possibly can, as we always do. We'll continue to evolve the range. So, no, you won't see, you won't notice any change. You'll probably just see less of me, which is a good thing for most people. No, I don't know about that, considering what's said on the next question. Uh, can we still expect the same level of customer care that we have grown to expect under your direction? Absolutely, because the, the entire team is still here. And the I said earlier, the day-to-day business of Target is run by the senior management team. And the senior management team re- re- remains here intact. Our entire team remains here intact. And... I, I think when you when we get new people into the business, and certainly if they survive within the business, i.e. If they, if they last any length of time, they do that because they're bought into the way we are. So, no, you won't see any, any changes to identity, ethos, customer service, any of this stuff. That's, that's really that and the protection of the customers because for me and Ian, this is our, this is our baby, this is our legacy. You know, we want to be... 10 years' time, if we sat in a bar with our, our feet up, wherever we might be, we want to be reading great things about Target, doing things in, with the same kind of ethos, the same kind of principles that we do things on. Um, the alternative to all this, because I suppose one of the things worth noting is because we've had the growth we've had in the last, uh, certainly last three years or so, and we're at a level of profitability we've not been at before, which is purely because of the growth of distribution models. Once you get above a certain level, everything that you tip into GP goes into the bottom line. Um, because we've had that, because Brexit's come along, because COVID's come along, the impact COVID's had on the uh, mergers and acquisitions market, there's a lot of pent-up capital there. And the way it's kind of demonstrated the value of the IT sector and the vulnerability of so many other sectors means we're kind of rich pickings now for a, for somebody to come along and, and snap up the company. And one of our thoughts on this was we could control this. We could we could look at taking the business through a sale process. But even within that, you, you're so vulnerable to... Whoever took over Target is probably going to make, try to cut costs, make people redundant. If they're an existing IT business and an existing Disney, they're going to consolidate. So a big part of this was we don't want any of that to happen. And this is an alternative to doing that, which instead of a, an unpleasant ending for everybody, as a, well, apart from me and Ian, a ride off into the sunset with a big pot of money who would sold it externally. Um everybody's left in a really great place. So, no, we don't envisage change at all. If you see me squinting, by the way, it's because my laptop screen is quite small. I'm trying to read the questions as they're coming. <laughs> That's no problem. Yeah, Bruno's, uh, I don't think it's a question. It's more like an essay I sent over there by the looks of it. But we'll come to us in a second. Uh, Previn says, afternoon all. Dean Wood says, uh, hi, Paul. Sad to see you go and cannot help uh, feel a little apprehensive about it. Dean's, Dean's just worried about drinks tokens at open days, really, if he's honest. <laughs> right. And whether he can use his, his four-year-old drinks tokens that he's collated. Uh, he also says the level of customer care from Paul and Sonia have been exemplary over the years. We have uh, been loyal customers for over 10 years and never had a falling out uh, uh, all although we worry that the level of support given to us distance may suffer going forward. 
No, this is, I mean, this, this point is really worth stressing. Target is not me. It's not me and Sonia. It's not me and Ian. It's Target is everything that we've built here. So the entire team, with the exception of me and, and Sonia, will still be here, still doing what we're doing. We will still be overseeing that because myself and Ian will be um, on the board. So whoever comes in, we are going to recruit somebody with the same values, the same ethos, and we're going to oversee that to make sure that we carry on the, the day-to-day business that we do now in exactly the same or with this, exactly the same set of principles that we that we have. So now we just take we take the glory for all this. When people say your service is brilliant, we're, we're kind of the ones that get all the praise for it, but it's the people behind the scenes who are doing it all. So no, not, none of that will change. That's good to know. Right, the next one is a quite a common question that I've had come through, and it is about Sonia. Will Sonia be staying at Target, or will she be moving on as well? Uh, the Well, like I was saying to you before, uh, before we started, Phil, Sonia is still on a two-week temporary assignment that she started in 2007 that we've extended on a week-by-week basis that at some point in the near future we're going to terminate. Um, yeah, when I... A lot of the timing depends really on how long it takes to recruit the right person to lead the business going forwards. And I'm underway with the recruitment now. In fact, spent most of this morning wading through applications. Um, and that's sort of how long is a piece of string. But we kind of envisage within the next 12 months or so that we can get a, a new managing director in place in situ um there'll be a period of sort of mentoring and just making sure all the things that people have, have said you know is, is this going to change is that going to change well we're going to keep an eye on whoever comes in to make sure that they buy into into our ethos and um worst case scenario if we were daft enough to appoint somebody who didn't we're still around to start again but all being well we get the right md in place in situ up and running and step back sometime in the next 12 months. So when I do that, Sonia will be um, stepping back as well. So, Okay. Yes, she will be leaving is the quick answer. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm guessing there'll be a few people sorry to see her go because there's quite a few people asking the, asking about her. Um, well, you're, the, assuming, you're assuming they're sorry to see her go, Phil. That, that, that might not be why they're asking. Well, yeah, you never know. Uh, I, I won't comment on that one, but... Uh, I suspect, um, I suspect Sonia might, though. Yeah, no doubt she will. She'll probably be on Skype messaging me later. Um, so who will replace Sonia, or is that to be announced as well or decided? Well, the in terms of the uh, sales department, because Sonia's got a, a, a kind of, for the last, uh, I'll probably get the timing wrong, but the last year or two, Sonia's role's, been kind of an unusual one that it's a bit of a, a hybrid role that covers a lot of different areas um so in terms of somebody in, coming in filling that specific role we've probably got 12 months to decide what to do with that a lot of what Sonia does day to day um uh, certainly a lot of the customer relationships and so on are being passed over to other account managers now so a lot of that will change already, um, and yeah, we've got we've got 
possibly 12 months, who knows how long's a piece of string, but we've got a good period of time to sort out what happens with Sonia's responsibilities and where they go. At the moment, no, we're not planning a specific like-for-like -like replacement. Right, okay. Well, I think that answers that one. And the next one's even more interesting. Uh, what will you and Sonia do with yourself uh, when you're no longer working there? Are you going to invest in another business like a karaoke bar? <laughs> um I can't see that working. I can't think why, Phil, but I, I, I'm just not sure that business model works. Um, yeah. In terms of our plans, I mean, the first thing is we're still at that stage. It's one step at a time at the moment because I've, I've been busier in the last couple of weeks than I've been. As I say, I've been sort of gradually stepping back, like leaving as, as much of the day-to-day -day business to the senior management team as possible. Um, last couple of weeks, I've been absolutely swamped with things. So... We're still in that mindset of one step at a, at a time, really. And we don't know what the time scale is on this. But in general terms, I think the first thing we're looking forward to is, is just having a period of time of, of having no, um, no responsibilities as such, no day-to-day -day responsibilities, and just enjoying that. If we can do that, if all this can be done by the start of next summer, that would be fantastic just to have a summer of of enjoying it. Uh, longer term, we we love France, so we will spend more time in France. Um, it's our extended holidays. And Sonia's excited about the thought of going booking accommodation, obviously after COVID, but booking accommodation in France for a week or two and then just deciding where we go from there onwards and how long we want to stay there. So, yeah, no firm plans at the moment, Phil. Um, we're both young. Whether we do something else, in business or, or whatever, depends how bored we get, to be honest. That's a good one. Uh, the question, uh, next question, and I think this is relating, and I'm presuming you've still got it to your RAV4, is will you be buying a new car? No. <laughs> that's, so a, that's a simple one. I've, I've still got my um, the old banger that I bought when we moved out nine years ago because we decided that, we're down a dirt track, and at the end of the road, going up to a main road, there's quite a steep hill. So we were kind of frightened that we wouldn't get the cars up the hill and bought an old banger. Uh, it's now a, a much older banger, um, and it doesn't like changing gears and makes some strange noises. But now I'll drive it until it falls apart. Uh, I think Sonia's got different ideas by the looks to a comment there. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Uh, Right, okay, let's have a look at the next question then. Right, um, so this is the most important question, and I've had about three people ask me the same thing, is basically what's your opinion on Brexit, uh, by mm. as in what's happened and where are we going? I knew Not this a one Brexit was question for a while. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm, I mean, everybody knows from the Target Open days, I, when we went into the sort of referendum period at the very start of that period my instinct was great we're having a referendum brexit doesn't seem like uh, the eu doesn't seem like a great thing for britain etc and then started looking into it and thought hang on none of this makes sense so i was by the time we came to cast our vote i was a remainer um i think this there's, there's there's plenty compelling reasons notwithstanding that country in Europe and every political big country in Europe 
supports being um and it's only since it became popular on a sort of nationalistic um appeal that you get some of the parties in some countries that that are kind of against it um in terms of the impact it's had it's it's made a mess of certain things it's, it's not been catastrophic to this point that we can tell but it's also kind of masked to an extent by covid and i'm deeply uncomfortable that our present government would be the ones that negotiate trading relationships with other countries going forwards but let's let's be optimistic and it is what it is and with there there's no point sort of trying to go back and rewrite history so i think it's incumbent on all of us now make the most of it and we've got bigger concerns covid's a much bigger concern obviously and a much more impactful issue than brexit yeah that's very true right one other thing on that phil is okay. that it's and, and I know because I've had drunken conversations with people at open days, and the, the there's something invested in Brexit, which in terms of people who are pro Brexit, there's something invested in that. There's a, a disillusionment, a sort of anger, a frustration that's that's all been sort of focused into Brexit as the solution to all this. Um, and there's a couple of things come out of that. Really, one is that. Hopefully we can, we've become very divided over politics. You see it in America with the Republicans and the Democrats. We've become very, very divisive where that ability to have political discourse where you respect each other's opinions and you learn from each other, you learn from opinions you don't, you don't have. That seems to have gone out of the, the window. So I hope we can find a route back to being less, uh, less divisive over over things like this and the other point on the the frustration is that brexit won't make that frustration go away brexit wasn't the problem and, and europe wasn't the problem brexit won't be the solution so it's kind of masked a lot of underlying frustrations that people have and and will continue to have so yeah it's a, it's a really weird chapter i think you know in our sort of recent history but the more alarming is, is how polarized things are becoming yeah i can agree there uh right let's go through some of the comments in the comments section if anyone has got any more questions before we finish feel free to send them through and uh, obviously we'll go through them when we can so uh let's have a look so doo -doo -doo, right here we go uh this one's from Mrs. Tech for Tech, uh, I must uh, say that going to open day and observing how you run Target and so forth had a big, in a big impact on me in my business. Uh, I sort of think, uh, sorry, I sort of think of you as a business mentor. So it would be sad to see you leave. That's very kind of you, Jenny. Um, as I think going back to what we said earlier, there is a fair chance you'll see us popping up at, at things every now and again, anyway. And I've just seen Dean's question as well. And uh, yes, I'm sure if we're in the area, Dean will be popping in for a brew. I think he's wanting pints more than a brew, but uh, um, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I could be persuaded. There we go. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, next one was uh, Previn saying, "Hey, Paul, sorry to see you go. It would be great to see you if you could make it to Tech Max event in 2022." Obviously. You, you're probably going to be in, uh, in France sunbathing or something by then, but who well, knows? We're still going to sort out 
again, timescales completely unknown at the moment. We're hoping to start selection on the recruitment in a couple of weeks' time, but and then start doing the first interviews. But even that, we we don't know that we will get the right candidate in the first round of uh, recruitment. So completely up in the air. We've also got COVID kicking about, and all that kind of delays. Uh, what our what targets plans are for next year? We won't be having a full open day next year because we won't we won't have COVID won't have gone away, and I don't think it's I don't think it suits us to start the level of planning that we have to do for something like that on something that could not happen could be cancelled. So we're planning to do probably a couple of smaller events, and there will certainly be at least one before me and Sonia have sort of officially left. So our our calendar for next year is still completely up in the air. So we've no idea what, what we're doing when yet and we're not in a position yet to start to start planning it. That's good. Next we've got Nicola Gregg saying can uh, they put an electric charging station in your parking spot? I'm not answering that. That's, that's um, <laughs> Thanks, Nicola. This is uh, we have a suggestions box, and that's that's one that's come up a couple of times in the suggestions box. So, Nicola, you can put it back in the suggestions box, and it will go through the management team again. I don't know. We've got Daniel Stride next. Uh, he says, "Sorry, Steve, go, Paul. You have been such an inspiration to me in helping me set up my own PC builder business. Thank you, and good luck for the future." That's very kind, Daniel. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it, unless anyone else has got any more questions or want to send through for the last couple of minutes. Um, Paul, have you got anything you would like to add? Uh, not in particular. I've had a couple of people uh, ask about EOTs as, because they're interested in it as a route, and I would say it is a fantastic uh, route if you are – at the stage where your business is saleable, but you don't want to sell it to a competitor and you are prepared to um, take a lower amount up front from the business, they are fantastic schemes. Uh, one of the questions I was asked the other day was how scalable it is for smaller businesses. And to be honest, I don't, I don't really know. There are some legal costs involved and it depends what you want to do in terms of the financing, how much, how much you need to get out. But it's certainly, if anybody's sort of heading in that way, it's certainly something I would recommend that you look into because I do think they're a brilliant scheme. Um, but also a few people have expressed doing this because they want um, they want the staff to benefit from the success of the business. And whether an EOT works for your business or not, one thing that we, we touched on it earlier, and it's, I, I always think it's been the right way for us to go, is um, profit share. So we have a a percentage of profit, 10% of the profit is shared out by staff. And I think any business can, can do that. So even if an EOT route isn't and your concern is your staff benefiting from the business, I would I would really strongly recommend you look at a, a profit share. There doesn't have to be anything. There's no legal paperwork or anything. It's very, very easy to do. And you just get people motivated in the, in the business. Um, but yeah, if anybody has questions about it, I've, I've become a big advocate for EOTs, and I'm, I'm more than happy to to try and explain some of the the detail about it because it's not it, it isn't a straightforward concept to get your head around when you first when you first hear it. So yeah, I'm more than happy 
anybody's got any questions, you can you can fire them straight at me in terms of how these things work and how you go about doing it. That's pretty good. Uh, I've got one more question coming from Richard Creedy. He says, who's Tracy going to ask for charity donations now? Uh, I'm not sure she ever asked Richard. I think she just took all the freebies off the tables. <laughs> right. Okay. I think that's it for the questions then. So do you have any last, last, last remarks you want to say, to, uh, Paul? Uh, nothing really from me, but I'd like to thank everybody who's, who's made some very kind comments on here. Uh, and just reiterate, we're not, we're not disappearing. We're not off the face of the planet. We are, we are still invested in Target. We still have a vested interest in the success of Target. And nothing changes day to day. You just sort of take away the, the more public face of, of me and Sonia. But the people who do all the great work here are still here and, and will continue to be. Right, that's pretty good then. So I think we'll call it here. So thank you very much for joining us today, Paul, and uh, good luck and wishes for the future, but no doubt we'll see you many times before then. Yeah. And probably you, after, you'll, yeah. you'll be around, I'm pretty sure of it. Like so, <laughs> right, so uh, if you are an independent trader, store owner, MSP, tech, vendor, distributor, you can find out more information about Tech for Techs at Tech for Techs co.uk forward slash join join over 1250 members just like that no just like you uh, that can give you free business and tech advice and did i say it's totally free to join with no membership fees or costs to you and make sure you tune in next thursday at 8 p.m we'll have another show uh, we haven't announced what it'll be yet because we're still in negotiations with someone but we will have a show next thursday at 8 p.m so if you are wanting to join up, when you go to that link, techfortechs.co.uk forward slash join, make sure when you click the link, you fill in the questions. Otherwise, we won't let you in the group. So when it asks you what business name is, make sure you fill in your business name and you agree to the rules and everything else. Otherwise, well, you're not getting in. It's simple as that. So right. So thanks again. And thanks for supporting independent businesses. See you later, everyone. Bye. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers.